Welcome. To Arcade Audio. Boy, shared history. Yokiero history. Aww. Yes, please. I, I was going to answer in Spanish, and then I realized, and then all of it, all of this little amount of Spanish I know left my head. I also realized I, I like did the most like Yokiero history. Yo Kiero. <laughs> Historio. Uh, <laughs> my apologies to the Spanish language. Add it to been- the list of. Add it to the list of apologies. Of amends we need to make. Anyway, I want history. I want to history. Nat, do you? Yeah, okay. Okay, let's history. All right, sure. I mean, we're here. We may as well. <laughs> Are you, uh, I mean, what, we could just go, hey, you know what? I'm going I'm to drop, drop a little thing right here uh, that I was thinking about because somebody messaged us. Drop it. Um, you guys should support us on Patreon because... Of a couple of things. One, um, extra dumb bits. Two, those extra dumb bits wrapped in bonus episodes. We do a bonus episode series called Little Locals, which you've probably heard us talk about, but I'm going to give you a hot, quick pitch about it right now before I forget, before it's the end of the episode and I'm rushing through it. Little Locals are a series of mini-sodes, which, you know, in the shared history universe just means that they're not an hour long. (laughs) Uh, about where we kind of unpack the history behind things that we pass in our towns or that like there's a street name. I wonder what that street name is named after. Who is Kazmir Pulaski and why does he have his own day? Uh, Who is, who, who are the monks? I don't know. Usually not as broad things like that. Usually very specific little weird neighborhood things or things that we stumble upon. Sometimes things that are written in to us from listeners that are from that are local to them. And they're like, hey, there's a street in my town that's called this. Always wondered why. And we're like, we can Google that for you. (laughs) Let us Google that for you. We would do it with a smile on our face. Um, and all those episodes are a delight and you can get them by subscribing, I think at at least the $5 level on our Patreon. But what's great is that our Patreon isn't just our Patreon, it's the network's Patreon. So you're supporting a a gaggle of podcasts with your dollar dollar bills. A whole gaggle? A whole gaggle, which I think is what, seven? Yeah. And, uh... (laughs) And so you also get access to all their bonus content and if they do any exclusive merch. And we haven't done any Patreon exclusive merch yet, but we're, we got we got some churning in our little brain holes. You know Cass loves a tea. We just love some hot merch. Hot, hot merch. Also, one of the little locals Natalie did, we ended up hearing from someone that that was their great-grandfather. Yeah, which was bizarre. I thought it it was was a relative, and that was bananas. So I tell you this because at the time that this episode's coming out, I think we'll have a new little locals episode coming out around that same time. 
Um, we had to put them on a little little pausey pause for a minute while we were catching up on recording for the actual season. But you support the Patreon at any time, and there's there's a backlog of bonus content for you, and it's history, so it's always relevant. In that it's always not relevant. <laughs> in that it's always in the past. It's consistent in its lack of timeliness. <laughs> so that's my little that's my little pitch for you guys at the beginning. Also, you know, as always, um, please rate and review the podcast. Please and thank you. Thanks. Please thank you. And Yo, Kiero. Reviews. Reviews. <laughs> Great. It had just been a minute since I mentioned that before the tail end of the episode. So I thought yeah. I, I thought I would. Let's do and it. now you yeah. like. Now, now Yokiero some history. So, <laughs> Natalie, do you know I'm gonna do something that is my favorite thing to do? Are you gonna sing? Are you gonna sing a whole history lesson? Oh no, man. <laughs> I'm not. But I'm prepping it for my next one. Natalie and I had to have a conversation about the fact that, like, she's like, "Do you want to do a theme?" I was like, "I do. I want to do music." But I've done two music ones already. All I can think about are music ones. So maybe I'll I'll wait till later in the season and then I'll just like sang. Well, the hills are alive with it, so. <laughs> Do you know what else has hills? What? Uh my topic and what I was going to say is my favorite thing is I love on a podcast talking about visual things. <laughs> <laughs> that is true cuz podcasting is a visual a medium. medium. <laughs> oh. Hey, Hey, talk descriptory to me. All right, let me paint a picture mm-hmm. for your mind. I'm going to talk to you about the history of maps. <gasps> I just started watching Shadow and Bone, so I'm all here for cartography. Wait, what is that? I keep hearing about it, and it looks it's a, intriguing, but I, I don't It's a know. book series that is now a Netflix series. What's it about? Maps? Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's about maps. Like Da Vinci Code style maps or like... I mean, it is kind of about maps. and Clark. It's about, uh, there's a big dark, they call it the fold. There's like a big dark space between like these very East and West Berlin, very Berlin Wally of like, mm. we're divided um, between splitting up this nation. And then it has, it's been there for years and then it's really scary and dangerous to go through. And this map maker is like, on one of the missions across it and then it's you find out that she has powers it's your classic young adult like i'm an average person oh my god i'm the savior of humanity type trope and Um, there's maps involved well just because she's a cartographer so it's like literally there's a moment where they're like what are you and she's like i'm a map maker (laughs) they don't go into that i'm sorry i think maps are so cool maps are dope give me a book with a map in it oh my and i'm like yes Lord of the Rings is hard to get through because I, every page, had to flip, flip back. back. And I'm like, well, where are they? This There is a book that has been on my Amazon wish list for eons that's called Literary Wonderlands, is I think what it's called. And it's I literally have all... that <gasps> book. My I mom almost bought it today. I have not read it yet. I like, literally oh, almost added it to my cart today. It's It's like, so it's... It's all of the like literary places, and there's like these illustrated maps about all of them. Natalie, yes. I have the book, and you probably know more about it than I do. I I just like I flipped through it at the uh, I was at um the, you know the, the big library in New York, the big one. Um, <laughs> the 
the, the main one, the big one. Uh, because I was, I always am I almost in New York. said the Met. That's not right. <laughs> uh, I'm always in New York in the dead of winter. So I just went to the big New York public library. That's like a stone's throw from, like not far away from like Times Square. And it was in the gift shop. And I was like, I want everything in this gift shop. But it's, also I want this book. It's so cool. And I'll actually have to crack it open now. <laughs> Maps are so cool. And actually my boss recently, he's like, do you want to see something cool? And he rolled out. He he kind of sounds like um, like a Minnesotan mom Muppet, like in the <laughs> sweetest, kindest way. But like also he can like like throw down like I work in a music store and like people come in and are kind of weird and he'll just be like no but also he kind of is just like a really neat like sweet nice guy and he loves maps so he rolls out this map on the counter and it's a map of Iowa and it's like half finished and he's like these are the dragoons when they were going through the Wisconsin territory and yada da 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 and someone is actually following this dragoon trail through Iowa of how they were mapping it at the time and he's is doing that it on where, foot this summer is that where there be dragons comes from that they're like no 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 it was a misprint it was there be dragoons <laughs> wait what's there be dragons oh it's like when you see a map and for like a fictional map for uh oh, when they've got the and then it, there's like a section that like you can't really they, they haven't really mapped out and it just says here be dragons <laughs> One word. No, but they're called dragoons because they had muskets and the musket fire sound like dragons. I'll buy it. I'll buy it. So somebody's walking this? Yeah, someone's like walking it. And like he he heard about it. He loves maps so much. So he found the map, like a copy of it. And it's the settlement in like the southeast corner of Iowa. It's like so elaborately like all the cities and all the roads and all the rivers and stuff. And then it just like disappears and there's nothing. And it's just like empty territory. And I'm like... <gasps> I'm such a nerd, and this is so cool. And that's my topic. Wasn't that fun? Wow. No, I got really excited about that and detoured. Um, but the history of maps. Map making goes back very, very, very far. Historians don't know, like, when the first map was. Technically, the first one we know about was a map of the stars. It was not of the Earth. And that was 14,000 B.C., that's very, that's very BC. Which is difficult because the Earth is only 6,000 years old. It's so difficult. And then once they start getting around, it's well, like, it's easy. It's easy to make a map of the stars when all there are are stars. Yeah. Right? Right. Like the yeah. stars were making a map of the other stars. Right. And then the flat disc ended on the turtle's back. And mm-hmm. then we started making maps of the world. <laughs> I think flat Earth conspiracies are so funny. But a lot of them have to do with maps. Go figure. Go figure. This is, this is coming full circle. Like the flat um, earth. Like the <laughs> Circle, not sphere. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, no, pe- like people have always been map making and stars were how people navigated, well, since forever. One of the oldest maps was of the ancient city of Babylon around 600 BC. So not quite as far away as 14,000. And it's like, it's like a five by three little square chunk of, of stone. It's like a tablet. This is like a map on a napkin. 
This is this is a 600 BC version of a nap map on a napkin. Yeah, but there's also like runes on it, or you know, not runes. hieroglyphics. Hieroglyphics, but whatever Babylonians called them. So there's a bunch of text on it, but then there's this also like a star. It looks like a compass rose almost, you know? It's like a circle and then it's got like a five pointed star on the outside. And then there's just kind of like little rectangles and circles and dots that are like different cities. But the Babylonians do what everyone has done in map making. They center their world in the map, partly because, you know, if you don't know a lot of what's going on outside of you. You're just going to map what you see and what you know and what you're able to witness and experience. So the circle is surrounded by the Euphrates River, what they called the, that was the ocean. They thought it was an ocean. They called it the Bitter River. It was actually the Euphrates. And then Babylon is like front and center. And then it says Assyria and Susa are shown as small circular blobs. (laughs) It's like, and that's Assyria. We'll just throw it on there. And directions, I mean, I'm guessing that's what the little writing at the top is, says like to get places. It's like beyond the flight of birds or a place where the sun cannot be seen. Oh, hey, very. that's very Shadowlands. Yeah. But also like, hey, Carl, I didn't get to Susa. Hey, just go to, you know, where the birds don't fly and you can't see light anymore. Oh, yeah, I know exactly how to get there. I know just the place. Follow the blab. Also, the Babylonians were the Midwest of the of, of, course. Meso- of Mesopotamia. <laughs> That's what I always say. You betcha. Um, oh, cuneiform text. There, the text. I was going to say, is cuneiform. it just like did you just mean like pictograph? I, yeah, I it's like pictograph, but I knew there was like a word for it. Mm-hmm. And then, so kind of the outlying lands that they don't really know of, they're being described as populated by mythological beasts. Yeah, there be dragons. There be dragons. So you know more than I do about this. Every map has a dragon territory. That's all I know. Obviously. The the dragoons in Iowa. (laughs) And then again, this is something that has happened throughout time of people combining real and mythological places on maps until we kind of know more about it. There's like these famous maps that kind of as they develop and go on, there's one called the uh, Pewdinger map, and it's ridiculous. So in the, I don't know if it was like the height of the Roman Empire, but 4th century AD maybe, (laughs) uh, this German guy, Pewdinger, made this map of all the roads leading to Rome, of all the Roman cities, basically Rome's vast empire. Is this where but, the phrase all roads lead to Rome comes from? It's not where it comes from, but... All right. But but it yes. certainly supports the theory. It certainly supports the theory, but it's ridiculous because this map is one foot tall and 22 feet wide. That's a panoramic... <laughs> Like, like when it was written, I was like, the, like if we we've all seen Gladiator, obviously, mm-hmm. and in the intro paragraph it says, you know, a, a third of the world was was covered. Ugh, man, I used to have that little thing memorized. It sounded cooler when it was written out. A, like a third or a quarter of the world was lived under Roman rule. Like this is a vast expanse to 
to map and how are you doing it in a straight little line <laughs> and just reading that sounded so goofy to me <laughs> and i i found a like a video of it and it's this guy in a library and he's got all of these long library tables like like stacked next to each other and he's dramatically just like unraveling it and then they zoom out to show like there's more tables and then he's still like the effort to like the cinematography behind this bit almost was so great. I mean we had to uh, we had to get that this the physical humor of this when we were capturing it on film like somebody knew what they were doing <laughs> but like I like Hewdinger knew what he was doing. It's Hutinger like he knew. wrote a he wrote the map on like a toilet paper roll. <laughs> oh, you know what? There's more. Unrolled the toilet paper right out. Yep. It's and it's it depicts more than sixty thousand miles of Roman roads from Western Europe to the Middle East. It shows bits of India, Sri Lanka, other parts of Asia. There's like five hundred cities. 3,500, like, points of interest, like, way stations, temples, forests, rivers. Like, it's, it's all detailed. Sh- all shockingly on the same latitudes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sorry, it was not it was not made by Pewdinger. Pewdinger was the German scholar who, like... Discovered just, it or found it? Just took ownership of it. He found it and he copied it. So, got it, got it, got it. Yeah, so this... Well, and also, so many maps we have today, so many any primary source, you know, written down text, anything is usually a copy. We talked about in our episodes in season one about, oh my gosh, and I'm forgetting his name now. Ibn. Oh, Ibn Battuta? No, you did Ibn Battuta. Yeah, you did Avicenna. Avicenna. Confuse me. Um, Avicenna, like, made his living as a scribe like he would you know just rewrite all of these texts because they didn't have a way to a way to maintain them you know they were slowly disintegrating over time or they were just being burnt i was gonna say that they didn't have a library card they couldn't just go and i'm like well they they, maybe they could have if they would stop burning all the books stop burning the fucking libraries you guys so like that's why scribes were such an important position but it literally was just you rewriting everything over and over again so that we always have a copy of this so pewdinger quote-unquote took ownership of this map in the 1500s which means that it had been replicated which means how many people had to make this one foot by 22 foot map over and over again like that's so funny to me. It's a like, rite of passage. He... They they gave it to the junior scribe. <laughs> it was hazing. I I just I've just got into Game of Thrones this past year, and I'm at with Samwell Tarly at the Citadel now, and I just see him like transcribing things, and that seems miserable to me because I have horrible handwriting and none patience. Actually, nuns have a ton of patience. So the nuns know. have so much patience. <laughs> Hey, Nat, can we make this quick? I have to go check on my sponge. Your sponge? Ugh, you've been binging Bake Off again, haven't you? Four words. Paul Hollywood Soggy Bottom. Okay, well, when you're done with Amateur Hour, the adults will be over here ordering cakes from the pros at ECBG Cake Studio because they make specialty cakes for all occasions. We're talking custom birthday cakes, 
We're talking jaw-dropping wedding cake masterpieces. We're talking Paul Hollywood just shook my hand, I deserve a cake cakes. ECBG Cake Studio, you said? Yes, and if you insist on trying to perfect your sponge, they also offer online baking classes. So follow at ECBG underscore studio on Instagram or visit their website, ecbgstudio.com. Jump forward another famous map from the 12th century AD is called the Tabula Rogeriana. Rogeriana? Rogeriana. Um, a Muslim scholar, Al Idrisi, was invited to the court of the Norman King Roger, which makes me laugh so much because in my mind, like, this started talking about Al Idrisi and how he was this, like, amazing Muslim Arab scholar, like, and this is also. 12th century AD, so all of the smart people are hanging out in the Middle East. And I'm just picking and then Roger. Middle East name, Roger. <laughs> it's the but historical he... equivalent of like having a having your pet have a human name. Yeah. Of like if you have like a friend whose dog's name is just like Roger. Oh my god. I had the idea like a while ago, like naming a dog Megan. <laughs> And I started, I started crying, like my chest hurt. I was laughing so hard because, you know, people have dog names that are like, hey, you bab, like, oh, isn't that funny? Megan is the most like random, just like middle of the row. And then I'm just imagining like, Megan, stop peeing on the floor. (laughs) What a weird, going to a dog park, Megan. Oh my God. Did you lose your daughter? Oh no, it's my dog. I just like Megan. Where's the like? Where's the line with human names for animals? Because like my animals all have full names because they're named after scientists. Totally normal. And then, but and then like I have a lot of friends who have pets named for like names that we don't use anymore, like older man or older lady names. Yeah. Like when are we gonna bring it around to like? Early, like, classic 90s and early aughts names. I know several cats that were named Sarah. I know people who had cats named Sarah. But, like, but like Megan or, like, Chad. Or Tiffany. Jason. Chad. I was going to say Jason. And it's different for cats, too, because you never, like, really call your cats a whole lot or something. Or they're usually just at your house. But dogs, you, like take out to parks or you have to like i don't know it, it made me laugh so hard oh my god megan but it's not about megan it's not about megan um but i thought it was funny just thinking of this this dude named roger hanging out in <laughs> the citadels of the middle east uh but he was one of the norman kings which i had to look i always hear about like the norman invasion in normandy and i didn't know exact because i think of vikings but it was localized more to like denmark mm-hmm. and scandinavian regions anyway so this guy was just so smart and good that he was commissioned by this king to go up to denmark and start making maps he made that in the 12th century a.d and it's one of the most it remained one of the most accurate maps like well into i want to say like the 1500s when portugal started all of their exploration they were using this map it remained one of the most accurate maps for a very long time probably because 
we were in Europe at that point and Europe's did no shit. Literally, we we realized. So they just kept using this one map over and over again. Also, Tabula Rogeriana just means Roger's map. Like that's literally what it translates to. Oh, Roger. Jumping over to Asia. Oh, also, so like the Babylonian map, a lot of those were generally maps are pointing north at the top. The Babylon, Babylonian map and a lot of those early ones east was at the top because the sun rose in the east and it set in the west. You wouldn't want it to, to start in the west because you couldn't really see. It was dark. There was not a lot of light north or south, so it just made sense to like start the map facing east where the sun comes up. Yeah. And then a lot of... So the Rogers map and a lot of Middle Eastern and Muslim maps south is oriented at the top because they wanted to always be facing Mecca. So generally where they were positioned, Mecca would be south of them. Wow, that's blowing my mind. I like am flipping everything around. So they would have been north of Mecca. They wanted all of their maps to be oriented facing towards it. So south was on top, which... At like looking at the map, I'm like, this looks kind of okay. That that's map's fine. And then as soon as they say south is at the top, I'm like, oh, okay, the map kind of makes a lot of sense now. <laughs> One of and a lot of these are regional. So like the Babylonian cuneiform was Babylon and blobs outside of the Euphrates. The Pewdinger map was just a long road. <laughs> just one long road. It wasn't so much a map as much as it was a trail that you just rolled the whole thing out. <laughs> and then if you walked on it, you would eventually get to Rome. <laughs> the the uh, Rogers map was parts of Asia, the northern parts of Africa. One of the earliest world maps was from China. And it's called the Da Ming Hun Yi Tu, or the Amalgamated Map of the Ming Empire. It was drawn on silk because China's got to show everyone up, make it harder and prettier. That if you was got done... it, flaunt it. Oh, they got it. It's beautiful. And it's so detailed. It was made around 1380, 1390. Boy, oh boy, this thing, knowing that it was in the 1300s, and that they didn't know a whole lot about the world. It looks pretty damn close and accurate to like the Chinese mainland. They've got Africa on there, but Africa like just looks like this tiny little peninsula. So that's really uh, distorted. But it's one of the first maps to have the southern tip of Africa, insinuating that you could sail around the Horn of Africa, which then... The Portuguese were like using that to, we can go to the West Indies, which seemed very plausible because looking at this map, Africa doesn't look that big. Boy, oh boy, it's big. It's just a short trip. (laughs) And then jumping forward further to the 1500s, Martin Waldsemuller, he had the first map that dubbed the Western Hemisphere America. He was the one that was like, hey, Amerigo Vespucci did cool shit. Let's name this area after him. I always knew that uh, the Americas were named after Amerigo Vespucci because was he a cartographer or was he an explorer? I thought he was an explorer, 
I thought he was a I cartographer. Thought, I, thought was like, I thought he was a merchant and like explorer. Okay, maybe he was. Um, I feel like you had to be like to an extent, not necessarily a cartographer, but like to to be a merchant or an explorer, you had to kind of have shades of. Yeah, he he was he was a merchant. I I just looked it up. He was a merchant, and America was named after him. And I remember learning that in like history class. But I was like, who who named it after him? Um, Walden's Mueller was like, hey, let's just call them the Americas. Let's put it on the map. Um, so thanks, Walden Mueller, for starting that whole thing. For naming our uh, naming a. Just, I'm just going to blame you for capitalism. I'm going to blame you for capitalism. This map is known as America's birth certificate. That's what they call it. Gross. Because it's literally putting it on the map for the first time. So, friends, listeners, you can't see any of these things. We're gonna I just post... pulled it up so that I can at yeah, least. We're going to post them all on... There's going to be the... a lot of pictures for this. There's going to be a lot of pictures. But it's so interesting seeing how, like... One of them started as just like a circle with a blob on it, and we've got water around it. And then seeing how the more we learn and know about the world, the more we're able to to map and track. And as people started exploring and like these great minds, they thought they knew so much about even just the area they were in and how inaccurate it was even at the time, how it has evolved but also what's really interesting about map making and the history of map making is that it has fueled discrimination. Mm-hmm. Like I said in the beginning, Babylon had a map where Babylon was at the center and then Assyria and Susa were just like kind of tiny little blobs. When maps started being illuminated and illustrated, you know, you're going to show little dragons in the water and everything. You're also going to make your continent your country bigger if you've ever looked at the there's a website where you can go and it shows the actual dimensions of africa in regards to like north america and everything and the map we use in schools the map we see every day is a mess it's it's a mess part of it is because flattening out a sphere is difficult to do but bias and Africa is so tiny on the maps that like we grew up with in the classroom yeah honestly just like the southern hemisphere everything is so small well yeah (laughs) and if you think about it it looks like there's nothing in the southern hemisphere because we're so focused on the top and I Mm. mean it's interesting and it's interesting how in the 1200s the brightest minds of their day thought that they knew so much and that the stuff they were doing like we are we are making more accurate maps like we are exploring and adding to this and then looking back now we're like oh my gosh you poor sweet simple baby like you didn't know anything all of the additions to your map are like when you're making a poster for (laughs) for like a sports match or a banner for a <laughs> birthday party and you ran out of space at the end. Yes. And like, oh, we're so much smarter now. Well, are we? Are are the accuracies that we're adding to this really accurate? What story are we trying to tell? Because if you look at maps throughout history, you look at who made them, 
who they made them for and why they made them. There's always a point of view in a map. It's like reading a book. Mm-hmm. And that may be because, oh, in this map, we want to go over topography. We want to see what the actual, you know, lay of the land is. Oh, we might want to see our imaginary country borders that we have created. You pick what you're trying to show. And in doing that, you are mapping out <laughs> how you want to portray a place, a people, a destination. And this goes all the way to today with A, I mean, just how Africa even is yeah. depicted on the map. Going to redlining in the United States. Redlining was map makers when they were mapping out like, real estate and neighborhoods and everything, they would kind of rate areas on desirability, on safety, and they would outline black and POC neighborhoods in red. Like they would be shaded in red and that's called redlining. And so cities have been mapped around those. Mm -hmm. And the Black Panther Party in the 60s and 70s, they were folk, I mean, the Jesus and the Black Messiah just came out phenomenal movie daniel kalua just won a g dang oscar he was phenomenal it was unreal but they showed like a a small kind of subset of the black panther like the black panther party is not portrayed as like tiny little community groups it's this overarching huge militant you know Mm -hmm. army whereas in actuality they were trying to provide free lunch programs education and they were petitioning for police officers to be from the district and the area that they were policing and that's because when you're policing a neighborhood that you don't live in and you're a white person going to a disenfranchised black neighborhood yeah it's easy for you to separate your feelings and to be like i'm gonna over police i'm gonna be an asshole i'm gonna treat these people poorly and so I didn't realize that they actually kind of had a part in the map making and they put a bill out trying to localize government, their police force. They put a bill to Congress that like got or to the Senate that got shut down, but they were doing so much more than just, you know, these speeches or these marches and everything. They were doing all these grassroots ground level things and map making is not one that you would generally think about and they're powerful and they are not ideologically neutral they're not no there's nothing neutral about them i'm glad that you brought that up i'm glad glad that you brought that up because looking at the when you started talking about the wall the wald simulas map i pulled it up and i was going to say like oh damn africa's huge on this because Africa is huge. Africa And like we're all like huge. aware in the back of our head that Africa is a very large continent. But it's so it's like that cognitive dissonance in your brain of knowing Africa's huge, but also yeah. having grown up with the image of Africa being like smaller than North America. Yeah. On a map. So it's like that like your brain fighting with it. So I was going I was going to mention that and so I was gonna I was gonna bring it to that angle anyway in that discussion anyway so i'm so glad that you are because if you pull up the if you look at the waltzmuller app or if you go to at shared pod on instagram look is this map 
terribly accurate? No. But it's a very interesting uh, approach to trying to draw a sphere on a flat piece of paper. It looks like it's actually made up of 12 different pieces of paper. Uh, <laughs> just, But that's just because they didn't draw things in the folds, it seems. And Africa is monstrous. And I'm trying to figure out what the Americas look like to me. They look like a seahorse. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Seahorse. Yeah. But... Uh, that's interesting to me because I, I you said German map maker and also Waldseemüller is the most German yes thing that I can imagine and so I guess kudos to him for not making Germany the size of a whole sheet of paper in this map. I also think like when Africa was unknown by Westerners, you know, and starting to be mapped and starting to be colonized and used for its resources as opposed to just a place making it this huge kind of like expansive mysterious like if you see like the horn of africa goes outside usually in a lot of maps they've got like a circle or an oval within the square rectangle africa goes outside of that Mm -hmm. like there's a little break and a dip in there and i think that's also part of the Kind of the narrative that they wanted to portray about Africa. Ooh, it's this scary, you know, whatever. We don't know anything about it. And if you think about... And the agenda agenda of, like, there are so many resources here. Like, if we start start stealing resources and people from this continent, like, we'll never reach the bottom of, of this mine. We can keep going. Yep. And, it, you know, like, let's con- oh, look at how much we don't know. Let's conquer it. You know, almost like a big challenge to people. And if you think about Africa on a map now, it's almost just kind of, I feel like, referred to or thought of as just kind of an outline of Africa and nothing inside of it. You know, like we think of America and we have that visual image of where all the states go and that Europe is broken up into all these tiny little countries. Russia is just a big, empty it's just sheet a snow of, sheet of ice. It's just ice and beets. <laughs> yeah. And then <laughs> ice and beets. Africa, like when we learned about it in geography in school, like we had to memorize where the countries were, but that was it. And and Africa was kind of those countries were hard to learn because when you're learning European countries, we're learning European history. We kind mm-hmm. of are given contextual clues that then give us the kind of physical location we're not learning anything about africa you can remember whose neighbors who like what countries neighbor each other in europe because you're constantly learning about which countries are like battling their neighbors constantly so, like, yes and and we're kind of just given this blank map of africa all right put the names of the of the countries and now we're going to go back to europe all right yeah africa section's done and to contextualize who these people are by the map we're given is really interesting to see what they focus on, what they find importance in, and how we teach it. And something as seemingly boring and nerdy as map making is so political. It's so discriminatory. It's so powerful. It's really powerful. And it's really important who you're making maps for, who's making the maps, why you're making the maps. And there's my rant for the day. And now I've got some fun map facts for you. 
Um, I want to interject real quick with Please a fun do. anecdote yes. about a map of Africa. There once was a Natalie on a trip From to the Nantucket. Field Museum. Oh. Oops. I went, I went to the Field Museum with a friend of mine, and there's a photo of me because there was, God bless the Field Museum, but I hadn't been in years, and I haven't been now in, in several years, but like I hadn't been since going on a school field trip. And I was there and I was like, wow, a lot of the technology around me has not been updated. It's <laughs> yes. like still like there's like two like small tube TVs uh, with like the buttons that you press for things to play. Yep. And there was an exhibit that was probably just like in transition, but it had a big blue wall and had a big sign on it. And I think it said like Africa from space or like a map of Africa or something like that. But there was nothing on the wall. It was just a big blue wall. And so it was just a label and there was nothing there. And I was like, damn, they did Africa dirty. They made it so small. <laughs> oh, man. And that's my, that's my Africa map anecdote. They just didn't even bother. They didn't even bother. Or it was really far away. It was, when they said from space, they should have been more specific about <laughs> the distance. Uh. Cass, Cass. They did it. Did wait, what now? They did it. They they finally did it. Greatest store in the universe. Who? Raygun. They did it. They're the greatest store in the universe. Oh. Says who? Says Raygun. Oh. Okay. I'll buy it. You know what else you can buy? Clothing, home goods, and time travel supplies at raygunsite.com or at any of their six stores. Exactly. Use promo code SHARIALATER to save on your next order. That's raygunsite.com, promo code SHARIALATER, all one word. Some fun map facts for you. Africa. Map facts. Africa is the number one here. Uh, fun fact on here. Africa is the only continent that is in all four hemispheres. North, south, east, 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 east and west. East is my favorite hemisphere. It's, it's, a, it's a good one. So it's the only continent to have land on the prime meridian and the equator. Suck it. Reno. Oh, this one blew my mind. Like it makes sense when you think about it, but Reno, Nevada is west of Los Angeles. Podcasting right? is not a visual medium, but I, should, <laughs> oh, I, I just I had went, to look up a map immediately. I, my you know, face just went full like math, I wish I woman, math woman. Uh, Math woman gif. Just like... <laughs> uh, it's 86 miles further west than the coastal city of Los Angeles. LA's on the yeah. coast. Nevada's Cal 300 miles from... The Nevada is 300 miles from the ocean. I want to say something about California in Talk general when me. it comes to U.S. geography. First of all, shout out to Mr. Cheney. Take a drink. He's who taught who's who taught me or didn't teach me geography in seventh grade. Um, great man. However, California messes with me. Like nothing about California makes sense to me. No, it's huge. I my brain can't comprehend that it's a desert, but it's right on the water. <laughs> like I can't. <laughs> I have all of these problems. The fact that like there's every climate zone basically. Uh, with the exception, I think, of, like, extreme heat with humidity. Uh, yeah, every climate zone dry. 
in America, like in America, basically is represented in some degree in California. <laughs> I have Cal- California doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. And then you forget like the California. It. I mean, I know the outline of California. It kind of curves. It's a little backwards J mm-hmm. L situation, but it didn't. It doesn't look like that harsh of a curve. Like. Also a thing that you forget about with California or that I breaking off of the continent (laughs) It's literally floating away. I mean, same with same with Florida, but uh, uh, Florida is just sinking. (laughs) Well, we're trying to like we're trying to uh, Bugs Bunny uh, Florida off. I remember when I realized that San Francisco, when I like realized that San Francisco isn't technically in Northern California, it's in like the middle of California. <laughs> Look at a map. <laughs> it's not that far north. <laughs> there is much California beyond it. Sorry, carry on with your map facts. I'll get no, off I was, my off I was my reading cal- another one and I got confused by it. Um, maps are complicated. Maps are complicated. So Mount Everest is the tallest mountain on earth, right? But it's not the highest point on Earth. So the highest point on Earth is Mount Chimborazo in Ecuador. It's closest to the stars is what it says. Uh, My favorite, so this is like a list. uh, This bullet point just says, Canada has a lot of lakes. (laughs) Which like, yeah. Also, that's why Minnesota is called the land of a 10,000 lakes. Because it's it's Canada. It's just part. Canada. Is that is that Canada's only f- map fact on there? Because it really seems like Canada wrote it in. <laughs> the paragraph describing it is actually really interesting, but what a dumb headline. Canada has a lot of lakes. Uh, oh, poor Canada. So, I mean, Canada's a huge landmass. Another mm-hmm. one of those, you know, areas where, like, I just, there's nothing inside of Canada. Like in my mind, it's just an outline. There's like, like Toronto and Vancouver and shit, stuff that borders the United States and everything. There's nothing else in there. It's just maple syrup. Maple syrup. Just maple syrup and hockey sticks. And hockey sticks. But Canada has more than half of all natural lakes in the world. Damn, Canada. Canada has a lot of lakes. (laughs) Canada has a lot of lakes. 9% of the country is covered in fresh water. And then another weird Texas fact, people love talking about how big Texas is. If the entire world's population were as densely populated as New York City, the entire population of the world could fit into Texas. Holy balls. Yes. That would be like 250. 50,400 square miles fitting like 8 billion people in there. That's one of my favorite um, bullshit American history and existing things is just, you know, the electoral college in general and how it's set up and everything about it. <laughs> yep. But that it always comes with like fun stats of, of in the United States, like how many, how many populations of Chicago could fit in geographic, like a similar, yeah. like, just anytime somebody's like you could fit <laughs> like you could fit like 30 new yorks in montana like things like that i don't know why i'm always like it's a weird way to put it but i i <laughs> but also i see it i get what you're saying 
I feel like there's so, every time there's, I don't know, I feel like I hear so many of like, you could fit this in a Texas. You can also fit this in a Texas. <laughs> Stop putting you know things in Texas. Do you know how many times Alaska can fit in a Texas? Texas is big. Get over it. What are you compensating for? A, a lot. A lot. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> Texas is all hat and no cattle. <laughs> Except that there's a lot of cattle there, but like, but you know what I, you know what I mean. Um, okay. So this has nothing to do with maps, but it has to do with Texas. Uh, I'm going to have you finish the lyrics to this oh, song no. because I could not, and I still can't think of it. And I refuse to Google it. I bless right. the rains down in Africa. Oh my God. You got it. <laughs> no. It has to do with Texas. <laughs> oh, damn it. But I'm not going to know it. All right. Okay. She thinks my tractor is sexy. She really turns, it really she really turns me on. It really turns. <gasps> I haven't even said it yet. All right, I'm gonna sing it, and you have to finish it. Okay. Oh, no. Okay. Home, home on the range where the deer and the antelope play, where seldom is heard a discouraging word, and the cows are out rolling in hay. <laughs> I could not think of it. Oh no! And it's really bothering me, and I don't even—I mean, I don't know that. I think it's like something all like all day, is how it ends. It's it's about cows. Like the last line has to do with the cows, right? Is it the cows are out roaming all day, or no? I don't know, listeners. I am not going to look this up. No, we'll look it up. Natalie is not going to look this up. Write in and tell us what the lyrics are. If you can do it without looking, and then. I have a song that I need to sing that has lyrics that you could never forget that is really relevant to this story. Is it the drum solo from I Can Feel It Come I Can Feel It Coming in the Air Tonight? No. Okay. It's that's isn't it calling in the air tonight? Are you coming in the air tonight? Coming in the, I don't know. He said feel. I can hear it calling in the air mm-hmm. tonight. I think there's also, I think it's feel, I think it is feel. I don't know. What I was going to say is much less disputable. (laughs) And that is the following. I'm a map, 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 I'm a map. You talked about a lot of historical maps, but you did not talk about Dora, the explorer's map. I know nothing about Dora. (gasps) I never watched that. I know. I just know swiper, no swiping, and I never really knew what that meant. But apparently, it's a fox. How dare you? Stuff. Yokiero history. Yokiero history. Yokiero maps. Mm-hmm. Yokiero Dora. I've literally been singing that song in my head this entire time. <laughs> Cass, I love so much when you bring an episode that's just like this like broad thing that I would have been too scared to research because I'd have been like, there's no way I could do just, I could do the history of maps. Well, and so I get so, I do that all the time where I was like, oh, I want to talk about maps. And then I was trying to find a really like cool, like niche story about, uh, you know, like, you know, like the map on the back of the Declaration of Independence. It would be great if there were like a fun (laughs) story about that, that I could have talked about. Oh my God, there is. And I didn't talk about it. How have we not mention national treasure i don't know but that's a fun tie back to um you guys should support us on patreon because we have a list of we did a bonus episode uh where i made cast watch balto after having talked about balto and the 1925 serum run to gnome so and we've said that we were because i've never seen national treasure 
We have said that we are going to watch National Treasure and just record a bonus episode just very briefly discussing National Treasure as a historical film. I don't know. I don't. Yeah, we have to put it on the Patreon as a yeah. bonus episode because we can't get away no. with history with that. No. I but, just don't know that we can do a mini-sode of that. Well, it doesn't have to be mini. I'm pretty sure the one about Balto is 45 <laughs> minutes long. But the point being... What a great tie back around. Now, since we've talked about maps, we have an excuse <laughs> to do this thing that we have had on a list to potentially do since the day we started recording this <laughs> podcast. So thank you for a wonderful story, a great exploration of exploration uh, and, and cartography, and also an excuse to finally watch National Treasure and talk about it the way that everybody wants us to. So go over to patreon.com slash arcade audio and support them because I will make this I will make this happen. We will be watching National Treasure. And you know I'm gonna watch it five times before we do the action. Well you have to prepare. Watch. Obviously. I do my homework, Natalie. I mean, I'm here for this. I'm 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 like kind of jealous because I also love maps and I'm like wouldn't have thought about just talking about the history of maps and I love you for it. However, as you said, podcasting is a visual medium. <laughs> so uh, if you need a little bit of help, if you can't conjure up these historical maps in your mind's you can't eye, figure out where Reno, Nevada is in regard to Los Angeles. Seriously, look at maps; it's gonna blow your freaking mind. Uh, if you if you don't trust us and you don't think that Canada has a lot of lakes, you can <laughs> go to. Instagram or Twitter, you can find us at SharedPod. We will post photos of all of the discussed maps. I will find that picture of my trip to the Field Museum. We will figure out what the, how the rest of the song goes with your help. Um, <laughs> and you can send any questions, corrections, or cartography corrections. Did I say corrections twice? Just please correct us twice uh, to sharedhistorypodcast at gmail.com. Cass, do you have anything else you want to say? I very much, what little I know, I feel like Dora the Explorer right now, where we're just like, audience, tell us the answer. And then we like pause. We'll pause. <laughs> That's right. Mm-hmm. 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 Uh, I'm trying to remember, where are we going to the beach? Where are we going to the beach? That's from, that's also a, that's a Dora the Explorer thing. <laughs> so... Where are we going to the end of this episode? Woo! On that note, share, share you later. Thank you for playing Arcade Audio. Play more at arcadeaudio.net.